Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello and welcome back to another Dry Bones Ministry special podcast series on the Litany of Trust. My name is Father Adam Potter and grateful to be back with you for this day three. If you're, um, yeah, still here and we're able to work through day two, then um, yeah, good news. It all is gets easier from here on out. Uh, just kidding. Sorry, that was sarcasm. Uh, each day, you know, each day has a lot to kind of invite us to to really consider. And today, um, yeah, well, maybe for some would be more intense than others. For others, um, yeah, maybe not. But this petition, from the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes. Gosh, isn't that something we just hear in our society, in our culture all the time. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. And we can kind of take that on ourselves. I have what it takes. I have what it takes. And gosh, the Lord is so good at really bringing us to realize that we don't have what it takes. A lot of times we see this whenever we're given large responsibility. I can just tell you in a lot of ways, coming into the priesthood is just so humbling to realize that I don't have what it takes, but I'm prideful. So I like to think that I do sometimes. I remember after being ordained a deacon, uh, a priest that I look up to caught me one morning and said, how's it been being a deacon? I was like, it's amazing. I just can't believe it. He's like, it really is amazing. What was God thinking? I was like, hey, wait a second. (laughs) But his point was true. You know, it was like, what was God? I don't, yeah, it's not you. It's not it's him. But that I would think that like, wow, it's amazing that I can do all this for God would be to really miss the point. It's actually, um, I love sharing this. Some people know this. A lot of people, a lot of Catholics don't, but the ordination ceremony of a deacon and priest is one of the most beautiful ceremonies in our entire church. At the very beginning of the ceremony, the men who are about to be ordained, they're called the ordinandi. They're invited forward in this really beautiful dialogue between the bishop and the priest's representatives, usually the rector of the seminary. And the bishop will ask the rector, have you found them worthy? What a question, right? Have you found them wor- like worthy of sacred ordination? And here the the rector or the representative, whoever will be able to say, we have, after inquiry among the people, after prayerful consideration, deliberation, we have found them worthy, which are these incredible words. Uh, Like what an affirmation. But lest we think that it's about us, (laughs) uh, the men individually being worthy of our own merits, um, go back to day one of this retreat, um, that it's not us. It's not about our own merits. It's about him. 
So the invitation, whenever the men's name are called, uh, Adam Christopher Potter, his response is not worthy or even ready. The response is present. In Latin, ad sum, like I'm here, here I am, I'm present, right? And I love that because that just speaks so much to this idea yeah, you know what? Here I am. I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. And I'm so weak and I'm so um, unqualified for all of this. And yet I know and believe in my heart and trust that I have been called. And it is his grace that makes me worthy. And so present, here I am. And I think that's a great kind of like image to have for us whenever we look at this false security that I have what it takes, right? Like, do I have the ability just to be present to the Lord. I know getting couples ready for marriage, there are just some beautiful moments of being able to appreciate couples that just really don't feel worthy of being able to be the other spouse and to really appreciate the responsibility and the dignity that comes from being yoked with this other person to lead them to heaven. I remember uh, talking candidly with this one beautiful couple, uh, several months after they were married and the wife was sharing with me this moment soon after they were married, just kind of waking up one morning next to her husband and looking over and realizing, oh God, you've given me him to get to heaven. And she kind of meant that in both directions, right? Like, He's who you have given me, Lord, to get me to heaven. But also, like more, she was sharing it. And I, my task is to get him to heaven. And that like, oh God, wasn't using the Lord's name in vain. It was really like a calling out, like, Lord, help me. And recognizing the beautiful relationship, this yoke. I want to do everything that I can to really be worthy of this call to get him to heaven. And if the Lord blesses us with children to get all of them to heaven so that like, Lord, I need you is beautiful. It's, um, it's all right here. So I love sister Faustina. She brings us to the scriptures. Aren't the scriptures just full of different examples of how the Lord loves to humble us? Uh, not because he gets enjoyment out of it, but we need it. We need to be humbled to recognize we don't have what it takes. We, we don't have what it takes. But with him, we have everything. And so, right, the idea of David, uh, David, and in case you forget the story, gosh, go back to um, the book of Samuel. What is it? Second Samuel chapter 16 is a great place to start with where David comes on. If you remember the the background of, of David, here it's a time of turmoil in the kingdom of Israel. Samuel has uh, been told by God that Saul is no longer to be the king and he needs to find the next successor. So he goes to the house of Jesse uh, as the spirit leads this prophet Samuel to find the next successor of the king of Israel. And he asked Jesse to bring out all of his sons. And here come these seven strapping, strong, put together, intelligent, bright, charismatic men. And, and the Lord says to Samuel in the, in the silence of his heart, silence of his heart, 
I have rejected each of these. Do not look upon his appearance or on the height of his stature. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. A great line, right? And just really inviting us to take a look at, are we seeing as God sees? Are we looking to the external appearances? Are we looking to a heart? A heart that's humble, a heart that's dependent, not self-sufficient, but God-sufficient, God-dependent. And then as the story goes on, there's this great, like, you know, Cinderella moment where it's like, are these all the sisters you have or are these all the brothers that you have kind of a thing? It's like, oh, well, there is one more, you know, the shepherd out in the, you, you wouldn't want David. No, you, and Samuel's like, yeah. Yeah, bring him. And so in comes David, who doesn't seem to have the same stature at all as the rest of his brothers. Um, and yet the Lord just speaks, that's him. That's him. Anoint him. And he anoints him with oil and the spirit of God rushes upon him. Right. So here's the reality that it's not about us being ready, as we talked about in, in day one, or being able to earn it. And it's, again, not even us having what it takes, but it's about God equipping us. So what was that battle like? The sister Fasina starts out with the battle of David and Goliath. Here he strips himself of all outward appearances that says, I'm strong and I'm protected and I have my armor and I have this great weapon. He casts it all aside. He puts his trust in the Lord to really be the one to deliver him and to guide the sling. Uh, Another great image of this is the Israelites escaping the slavery of Pharaoh in Egypt. And I don't know if you remember in Exodus chapter 14, they come to this horrible moment where they're trapped. They've come to the Red Sea and the Pharaoh and his army are just closing in on them. And all of the people start grumbling in all of the classic ways that they do. And it's Uh, crying out to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? It would have been better for us to die in Egypt, right? Like all they they realize they're doomed. They don't have what it takes and they're just going to die and be slaughtered. And, and here all of a sudden the Lord speaks through Moses to the people and he gives this great line, right? Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be still. That's a great line to like take to prayer, right? Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be still. Right in this posture, in this disposition of really surrendering ourselves completely to him. It's the surrender prayer. Oh, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And so how does the Lord like to do this for us? Gosh, so often he recognizes we have too many, too many things, too much stuff around us that we need to be stripped and purified so that we can really come to appreciate it's him that we need to rely on and nobody else. One other anecdote from scripture that's one of my favorites. It's the story of Gideon. You can find him in chapter six of the book of Judges. And the Gideon is a classic character who comes to really 
test God. Are you really doing this for me? If so, give me this sign. I'm going to put my fleece outside. And if it's you, first make the um, the ground wet, but not my fleece. And the Lord does it. And he's like, okay, if this is really, really you, make only the fleece wet and nothing else uh, wet. And the Lord does it again. But he's preparing Gideon to really trust in him, that he's calling him. And he calls Gideon to put together this army to fight this battle. And all of a sudden he has 22,000 men to fight. And the Lord says, you have too much. You have too many. And so you need to ask, first of all, is there anyone who doesn't want to fight? Anyone who's afraid? And 12,000 people all stand up. Yeah, we're frightened. So go ahead. And now he's down to 10,000. It's like, okay, you still have too many. And there's another test that all of a sudden uh, those who lap up water like dog like dogs are sent home. And so all, all of a sudden Gideon has gone from tens of thousands of soldiers down to 300. And the Lord's like, now you're ready. And Gideon's, you know, has to be asked, why? What are you doing, Lord? Why, how can you be doing this? I thought you wanted me to win this battle. And the, the Lord says more or less, yeah, but so that you won't look back and think that this was you winning because of your own strength, uh, I've brought you down to this size so that you can know that it was my force, my strength that won you this battle. So how about us? Have we experienced the Lord purifying us, stripping us down, bringing us to different opportunities where we can truly recognize this isn't about me having what it takes. This isn't about me having my own strength or my own adequacy, but really having opportunities to trust in the Lord. Again, like what's your example? I can just tell you as a priest, it's fascinating how I was so terrified of public speaking for the longest time and still do get really nervous. But the one thing that I could find consolation in, in the beginning was that for homilies, I can prepare, I can write it out. I can have it all scripted in my mind. And I remember some of my first homilies, I spent so much effort memorizing the entire homily. And then all of a sudden life happens (laughs) and priesthood happens and you're just running around um, from one task to the next. And then all of a sudden it's like Sunday mass. It's like, it's Sunday already. Usually it's Saturday vigil mass. It's that four o'clock vigil mass comes fast and then you got to get up. And I remember one of the first times of not being able to prepare as I felt comfortable with. It's not like I didn't look at it or anything, but I wasn't fully prepared. But then I had this opportunity just to like fall on my knees and say, Lord, I need you. Like truly I need, like speak, speak through me. And in in those moments of really being stripped, of just trying to be faithful and trying to serve the Lord, I remember giving one of the best homilies that I've given with some of the least preparation, right? And it was just an incredible, like that was the homily that everyone's like, Father, that was incredible. (laughs) Like, oh, not the one that I spent hours of preparation on. Right. So, so what's your thing in life and work or in your family or with your children, um, even in your faith journey, sometimes we want to look for what's the like most secure, most um, 
adequate like program that I can come to really learn the most about the Lord. And I don't know, have you ever just come to the Lord in prayer without all of your books, your spiritual readings? You're like, oh, I forgot my rosary and I forgot my breviary or forgot my Bible or my prayer book or my journal or what. It's like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to like, I'm just going to be. I'm just going to spend this time with the Lord. And all of a sudden, it's incredible and beautiful and transformative. It's like, yeah, even with our relationship with God, we don't have what it takes. We don't. It's about him working in us. It's what he wants to do. And so I just hear in this day, really this invitation to be humble and to be inspired to really be vulnerable and depending on him. It's in this littleness of St. Therese that we come to have a great confidence, not in ourselves, but in him. In the evening of this life, I shall appear before you with empty hands, says St. Therese. She was so convicted that it was actually her littleness that allowed her to have the utmost confidence in the Lord. So, what an incredible thing for us to really take to heart and to really ask the Lord to inspire within us a real humility, a real littleness, and a vulnerability to come to trust in him more and more. I invite you to um, take a look at the invitations. Again, as, as always, I just think it's really worth us to be able to um yeah, spend some time with this, whether it's um, talking it out, whether it's journaling or um, just spending some time in, in silent prayer, talking this through with the Lord as we come to, to really, yeah, grow in, grow in our relationship with the Lord and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in, in all of this. In the second invitation, there was just a, a great, great consideration <laughs> to see so many of the great saints of the past they had spiritual directors, they had friends, they had people that they relied on for, for help. And even for us to ask just kind of a simple, this is a kind of a natural question, but it could also be supernatural. Where is it hardest for me to receive help? Typically the places where we feel most competent and conversely, where we are embarrassed by our lack of capability are where we are tempted to cut others out. Instead of baptizing our perfectionism by leaning on our own strength, will we move God's heart by trusting He is our security? What a great, great question for us not just to breeze through, but to really see where is it hardest for me to receive help? I don't know, what's easier for you? Is it easier to give help? Or to receive help, right? How many of us love to be the givers of? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I have would, I have something to help you, or no, I have this experience that I, I can tell you what works best. Or here, let, let me take that, let me take that um, off of you. That can be a great. And why is that enjoyable for us? It's like because that kind of puts us in the position of strength, of competence, of having something to to offer. But this place of needing to receive help or even more vulnerably asking for help comes from a place of weakness that I don't have what it takes right now. 
And that's hard for us. But that's really, really good for us. May we find in Jesus himself even this total God reliance, this dependency on the Father. Sister Faustina says and points out that Jesus did nothing without the Father. And just what a great model he is for us. And everything that he did, it started with the with the Lord. So how about us in those moments of uh, real stress, real tension, or feeling really weak? Are we willing to show God that we trust in him by falling to our knees, giving him that time in, in prayer? This is where, gosh, mass, the Sabbath, I think, um, or even just daily prayer can all be really good. What I want to say, uh, challenges for us to consider whether or not we really trust in the Lord. It's easy to say that we trust in the Lord, but what happens whenever we're just so overwhelmed or we're so stressed and it's like, oh, you know what? You know, Sunday mass just doesn't fit in my schedule right now. I've got a lot going on or I know I'm supposed to be like giving the Lord time in prayer every single day, but I've just got so much going on. Like, hold on, hold on. Like, who am I relying on right now? Am I relying on myself or by the fact that I would pause and give the Lord this 60 minutes of Sunday Mass or this 30 minutes of a daily Mass or just this time in prayer, can that actually be the fruit, the, the stretching of my own heart to show, Lord, I trust you that if I give you this time, all of everything that I need and that you will take care of it, the Lord will fight the battle for you and you have only to be still. With that said, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Again, asking the Holy Spirit to inspire within us an even greater confidence and especially a humble heart like St. Therese to really find our, our confidence in the Lord. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. 
that my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan, that you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Drybones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.